0: Hello and welcome to Raise the Bar, the Sky High and Fly Jump Camps podcast. My name is Troy Haynes. I'm your host, a former UCLA high jumper of no great repute, uh, number four on the all-time list behind some really great names. And uh, now I've been coaching since I graduated in 1988. It's been a long time, 30-something years. Um, And uh, this podcast has arisen out of my Instagram feed where I just... Follow and athletes and trainers and jumpers and uh, high long triple a little bit of pole vault and um, the the search for the in this podcast is basically anything and everything that we can do to train and become better jumpers uh, that would include not just lifting and running and sprinting and plyos um, but even uh, some unexplored topics yet um, sports psychology uh, nutrition there's a lot of a lot of things coming up that we will be talking about as we. We Delve into other areas now. Tonight's guest is a young man from uh, Fremont, Nebraska. He jumps at Midland University. His name is Shandon Reitzel. And he, um, I saw this young man uh on my Instagram feed. And um, I can't remember if I if I I think I might have asked you to if you wanted to post some jumps. I, I saw a seven two and a quarter jump somewhere. I don't know if I saw that uh straight up. But I did see it eventually, and this seven two and a quarter jump. I'm going to tell you, people out there, it is a monster clearance from what I saw. I don't know if it was just my angle, but I don't think so. I think it was <laughs> pretty big. So, based on that, I'm seeing not only a, a great jump already at seven two and a quarter, which is is that two two twenty is seven two and a half, right? So two nineteen is two nineteen seven two and a quarter, right? So. I made that height once in my career, uh, the same day I made my, my personal best. So, um, one and only time I think I ever jumped to that height in particular. So, um, I do remember that one and, uh, I don't remember making it by as much as, as Shannon did. So, uh, please welcome Shannon Reitzel and, um, Shannon, amazing jump. Um, we, we had a chance to talk a little bit, um, I want you to tell our, our listeners a little bit about your, your athletic background before you got to Midland University.
1: Um, Yeah, so um, I went to high school in Houston, Texas, Um, went to Stratford High School, played basketball freshman, sophomore year, Um, you know, had fun with that, but I also did track those years too. And um, I was actually a quarter miler uh, for the most part, freshman year, Um, high jump was kind of just, you know, a secondary thing, and then, you know, just got better and better. And uh, I got recruited. I actually got recruited by uh, CCU, Cincinnati Christian University. Okay. Um, And they closed, they closed down. And unfortunately my transcript was lost. So I had to transfer to Midland. So I transferred to Midland, um, basically off of my high school transcript. Right. And uh, yeah, things just took off from there.
0: Awesome. Um, So, uh Recounting your junior and senior years, let's say, what, what were your, your best your best heights in high school and how far did you go? Did you get to your state finals, that kind of stuff? So high school,
1: I actually wasn't really very good. Um, junior year was the first year I jumped six foot. Um, didn't get any higher than that. Didn't even make regionals. Um, senior year, uh, I was jumping about six two, six three. 6'3". And then at the regional meet, I managed to jump six four, which was a PR. Right. Didn't make it to state. Um. So yeah, and then after that, uh, I kind of lit a fire under me, just because, uh, you know, I wanted to go, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. So.
0: And so then after that, we I actually we we talked about this with with last night's guest Marcus. Um. Uh. The the great motivators, you know, some people are like, you know, they see uh, not necessarily defeat, right. Because you you did PR at the meet, but you didn't make it to your goal. I'm sure, which was to make it to state. So, you know, a lot of people are like, well, are, you know, defeat can be devastating. It can be crushing. It can be for some people life altering in a way that they never recover from. And then there are, you know, great athletes in training like yourself who find that to be, very motivational right so you just turn it right around and after you know a little bit of you know I don't think it's a woe is me it's just like maybe a little anger a little frustration right and then just
1: yeah
0: got you going towards the next next thing so um then did was there any time break in between your senior year and, and going to Fremont or did you just after the CCU thing
1: um so that
0: year um
1: I had only just turned 18 so I was still able to do like AAU check in that summer. So, uh, 2019 summer, I actually ran 400 meter hurdles and I high jumped. I managed to uh, PR first meet 6'7, and then uh, the second meet 6'8. And then um, I qualified for nationals, well, Junior Olympics is what it's called. And uh, I managed to get fourth and jumped two meters, so 6'6 and three quarters. So, I mean, I was happy with that.
0: So that was post-senior post, post senior year, junior Olympics, right? And then at, at that point, you had been recruited by CCU, and then did that fall apart right away, or was were you, like, getting ready to go before that happened? How did that all go? Um, so,
1: yeah, so I had actually got recruited before uh, that summer. So, you know, I was already committed and everything, and then um, I actually went to CCU and I you know, I was there for an entire semester and you know, they just closed down. They were they were like in debt and so um they closed down, everyone had to transfer. Mm. And you know, I was with that bunch and then you know, transferred to Midland.
0: So you had already been in training though, that like lifting and running and doing all all that kind of stuff. So at least yeah. you had some training. And then when you hit the ground at at Midland where they you know, ready to go into the season? where you just kind of mm-hmm. strolling right through there? How did that go?
1: That's another thing. Um, so because I wasn't able to get that transcript from um, CCU, um, like my NAI eligibility, it you know, it just didn't work out because they needed that transcript. Right. And so in order for me to get that transcript, um, I basically needed to pay like $6,000 in cash. So Obviously, that didn't happen. So I had to wait an entire year mm. before I was able to compete here in Midland.
0: Okay. Okay. So that's wow. There's so many little trials and tribulations you go through to get where you're going, right? So you jumped six, seven, then six, eight uh, in the summer after your senior year. And then you had to wait quite a while. So, in the meanwhile, would you just do some all comers meets and things like that? Were you still working on your, your craft? Well,
1: yeah, so I, uh, you know, like I still practiced and everything. I still trained, lifted. Um, you know, I just didn't go to any meets, uh, not even unattached. You no, know, I just trained and trained. So, I mean, basically I got about a year of just training, you know, just perfecting mm-hmm. my craft. And uh, yeah, and then I made my debut uh, February of 2021, 20, I believe. So, so,
0: so it's cool. Last year. And then. So how did that go? You you were you were a six eight jumper after your senior year, and now we're looking at heights like seven two and a seven two and a quarter. So how did that go?
1: Yeah, it was cool. Um, so first meet, um, I jumped 208, eight, so six nine and three quarters, and uh, you know, won the meet, qualified for nationals, and I think I was sitting third in the NAIA at the time. So you know, it was a great meet, PR, won the meet. Yeah,
0: great start. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then how sorry, continue. Oh yeah. I was just gonna say, uh the second meet,
1: uh yeah, my second collegiate meet ever jumped seven foot, uh, two fourteen. And so uh yeah, like you know, every high jumper wants to hit seven foot, you know, it's kinda just oh, yeah. everyone's goal. So uh, yeah, that was cool
0: at least here in the States, right over overseas seven feet doesn't really mean anything. Cause I don't know what the barriers are when you're working in metric, because you know, the bar tends to move up a centimeter at a time. You know, uh, a lot of the, the mysteries around heights here is simply, you know uh, most of the jumpers will know this. It's either odd or evens. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, we're going six, four, six, 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 eight. And you know, sometimes at a certain meet they'll go, Hey, we're jumping six, seven. And you're like, what? what's six, seven. Yeah. And I was like, I've been jumping to six, six and six, eight. You know, I was like, so your brain is like, well, I've already made six, six and I haven't made six, eight. So maybe this will be easier, you know? And it's like, oh, that's so weird. Um, but it sounds like a kind of a, um, meteoric rise. Like you went six, six and six, eight, then six, nine, you know, next meet out of the gate then seven. So you're and tracking through four meets that you've recounted. That's pretty fast. And then, so that, Seven, two and a quarter jump. Was that last year or this year?
1: Uh that was last year in in May. Yeah, in May. So
0: Okay. And so that was outdoors. Now did you do the indoor season? Last yeah.
1: Last year? Yeah. Yeah, last yeah. Like my first meet was indoor meet. So okay. uh like that two oh eight. Yeah, I jump I jumped at four meets, right? Four meets indoor and um, I went six nine and three quarters, uh seven foot, and then like six seven at the conference meet, and then at nationals uh six eleven and three quarters to win it. So
0: awesome. Wow. NEIA champion indoors. So how this is this is just me. I don't know that if anybody else is as curious as I am about it. Um so out here in California, there's there's really no reason to train indoors. <laughs> you know, the weather's beautiful. You know, yeah. everybody's myths about California are true. You know, it's sunny almost every day. You know, even in the winter, there's time to train. Uh, it's it's not usually, you know, freezing cold with snow on the ground. You know, so it's like indoor meets were just, in a way, almost an, an oddity. You know So in high school, there was one meet back in the early 80s that I went to called the Sunkissed Invitational. And that was the big, big hairy deal. And they would invite, you know, I didn't get to go till my senior year because I guess my junior year, I jumped six, eight. I flamed out. I didn't make it to the state meet. And then uh, somehow I got an invite to Sunk. I don't even remember uh, back in those days. I didn't know much about it either. And my coaches were probably more in tune than I was. was. So they, they, you know, said, hey, you can go to Sunkist. And I had actually broken my hand playing football and was horribly out of shape. I was not ready to. To jump and this meat came up and then the stick us at this indoor place i've never jumped into ever and the the setup was it's wood i'm like it's wood <laughs> i got there and i'm like nobody tells me it's wood i've got these spikes that are basically feel like i'm sinking into the wood and i almost can't pull my feet out while i'm trying to run it was yeah. so- it was too cramped for me. I was out of shape. It was just like a horrible experience. I hated it. And I remember going through training uh, after I'd graduated from UCLA and I was actually training myself for a while. And I, I ended up asking Al Franken the meet director at the LA indoors, what I needed to jump to get indoors. And he said, you know, jump seven, two or something and we'll let you in. And I think I jumped first meet out of the gate. I jumped seven, two and a half at uh, Cal state Northridge. And I got back there and it was the same thing that I hated in high school. It was wood. <laughs> it was slow. It was, I could not get off the ground. I think I might've made one height. So I it was a big improvement. I know I did at the other meet. And I was just like, what, what is it about this that people find so attractive? And I'm trying to think, you know, how does everybody jump so high at these other places now back, you know, I'm telling you how old I am. Cause Shannon's a, a young, healthy man. I'm 58 years old, so this is back in the 80s. We we never saw a video of anybody. We never, you know, all this Instagram is a revelation to me. I get to see all these great jumpers, and I get to see training from, you know, the U.S. and around the world, and I'm seeing all this stuff, and I'm just soaking it up. I'm just like, this is great. And I see these indoor places where, you know, guys are running and jumping, and sometimes I've seen meets, you know, guys in basketball shoes, right? Beautiful, looks like an indoor basketball court with a pit. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, dude, now that would have been fun that I could do. I could run up and tomahawk dunk with the best of them. I mean, stick a pit out there and let, turn me loose, you know, get the score, the the floor nice and squeaky clean. And, and, you know, where you like when you feel the sneakers, you know, making that stuff where you could really run fast and that would have been great. Right. So, yeah, I, when I hear indoors, I'm, my brain sees both ends because I'm like, I would have loved to have done it. But the way that we had it sucked. I hated every minute of it. And then I'm like, but I really would like to try that because I used to hear stories from, uh, you know, a guy at UCLA named Lee Balkan, who was a seven three jumper in high school and ended up jumping seven six or better. And I'm sorry, Lee, I apologize. I don't know all your PRs, but he, uh, outrageous jumper. And he was telling me about these meets where they would go and and find the wood floors, right? So they they would kind of test them and bounce on them and go, hey. <laughs> This is pretty bouncy right here, but over the wood was like tartan or you know, rubberized stuff. And so they yeah. had that. So it was like a spring-loaded floor that you could actually run on. And then they would put the pits there, you know, when they found their spot. And I'm like going, man, I, I didn't get to jump at a place like that, you know. So <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I hear about the indoor. Yeah. My, part of my brain just goes, I wish I could have had some kind of an indoor career. Like UCLA didn't push it back then. If there was, I know there's indoor nationals. They never, they never were pushing it when I was there. You know, I think after I left, they started, you know, and they may still be doing it now, but all right. So uh, indoors and we're at seven, two and a quarter. And this is your sophomore year. You said you're a redshirt sophomore. Yes. And you're going to stick it out for another couple of years. We talked about that now. What are the, what are the big goals for you, Shannon? What's next? Um,
1: you know, you know, I want to break that school record. Uh, I've been trying for a while now. Um, you know, and then after that, you know, I want to try and get up to those elite heights. Um, Absolutely. and I feel like if I can get up there, you know, I may have a shot at the trials. And never know, we'll see what happens.
0: We well, got three years, so that's good. You don't have to wait because we're the Olympic year came a year later, so we're already. Yeah. We're only three years away. Um, and I think seven, two and a quarter, I think, is it two and a half is the, the B level? I think it's like uh, two and a half. Two, seven, yeah, 220. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, seven, two and a half. Yeah, because uh, there's another guest I had on, uh, Robert Atwater from Michigan, who jumped 220. When he was in his first year of college, I think, in 2016. Wait. He got to go it's, to the trial. you say Robert Atwater? yeah that's crazy my coach is
1: actually recruiting him
0: really yeah Yeah. well i'm recruiting him too so we're in a battle i'm trying to get him to go to vanguard um that's awesome though yeah he's he's a great guy we we, i haven't put that podcast out yet but i i have it in the can so i'm i'm trying to get that one out we're we're upping my production schedule here so (laughs) That's, that's really cool though yeah i'll uh yeah i'll send something your way so you guys can can chat or something uh, great guy he got to go to the trials yeah in 2016 so yeah, exactly. i can't remember if he was still in high school or i don't think so i think he was in college but then after one year he ended up you know something happened and he's he's still got some eligibility left so yeah um, but yeah it's, i think that's the b standard right is 220, but depending on how many people have made it they you know you can still get invited so um it sounds like you're knocking on the door now based on what i saw like i said the First Of all your school record is set at you said it's 222, 73 even. I'm not sure the metric for that 221 is 73, so 222 is 73. Like sometimes they say a quarter, sometimes they say it half. I think it's 7.49 yeah. or something like that. So, um, I, I always say 73 and a half because that was my PR. So, huh, that was <laughs> um, when I come in, so uh, what I saw of your two. 21 jump at two seven two and a quarter was just a monster clearance. Am I seeing that wrong? Is it it can't be just the angle? It looked like you just boomed that jump. Yeah,
1: uh, it was a great jump. Uh, it kind of scared me uh, when I took off because I'd never jumped that high before, right? uh, Yeah, that was a third attempt clearance as
0: well. So, right? So, you know, there's a lot more in the tank. That's the other thing, right? Once you've jumped something like that. I think your brain is just like, oh, well, <laughs> let's, yeah. uh, let's step up to that next level. So uh, we got the trials in 2024 for you now. Um, getting back to you said that you were training uh, all the time in between when you finished in high school, you did the summer AAU and you, you started training at the other college and then it got shut down. And then instead of doing all comers meets and everything, you just kept training. Tell us what kind of training that was. What were you doing?
1: Um, mainly just, uh, endurance stuff because, you know, at the time I was, you know, still a 400 hurdler. Um, I did, I jumped, you know, when I could, uh, my high school, they allowed me, you know, to bring the pits out and everything. So I did some jumping there, um, some plyos. Um, I honestly didn't really lift as much as I should have, Mm -hmm. but- yeah, I mean that's about it. You know, just kind of hammered on training. You know, as long as I could, as much as I could, you know, just to get to that next level.
0: Right. Okay. So you you had plyos and all that. Now, who was were you designing your own workouts? Did you have a coach? How how was that working?
1: Um, I did have a coach. Um, my high school coach and my AAU coach. Uh, so I kind of did those workouts that they designed for me. And, um, yeah, I kind of mixed it in with some stuff that I wanted to do as well.
0: Right. Taking, taking a little control there. Okay. That kind of stuff. So now you're this year, you're ranked number one at the NEIA level. Yeah. And that's now that's going to be in South Alabama, right? I have that right. Gulf Shores. Yep. All right. So I'm hoping that I'll get to see you there. I've, I've got a young, a young lady, uh, Juliana Holm, who's a, she's hit the B standard for the, for the gals at the right. NEX. So I'm, I'm hoping that it holds up so that I can, <laughs> I can get, the, <laughs> give, the, I give you a handshake and we can, we can talk it out. Um, what else? Um, and then your, your possible teammates can be Robert Atwater. That's amazing. Um, yeah, now yeah. what have you seen in these last couple of years? What's the, the big difference between, um, Is the level the same at the NEI level? You know, it's got to be a step up from where you were in high school. And then uh, how's the training facilities? You know, what is it? How's it there working out? How's it what's different between Fremont and and Houston, Texas?
1: Um, Well, first thing, uh, definitely the weather. Um, It's pretty cold here in Nebraska. Um, And, you know, even at the start of outdoor season, you know, it's still been cold here but as far as uh the facilities go it's been it's definitely been very different because you know back in houston you know we didn't have indoor because there was no need for it it's kind of the same situation you know that you're in right so um just practicing indoors uh i don't know it's never really been my thing and you know it still isn't i'm more of an outdoor fan than indoor
0: right
1: and so um yeah it, it was uh it was a tough adjustment for me in the beginning um, and honestly i'm still
0: not even fully used to it right so. now when you do jump indoors is it what what's the surface are you jumping in tennis shoes or do you have track shoes and it's a a regular you know yeah, um, surface we, or something
1: yeah so um we go to a lot of uh, D2, D1 meets, um, you know, just because there's better competition, better facilities, right. better jumping services, running services. And um, yeah, you know, it's been pretty good. You know, I don't think there's been an indoor facility that I really didn't like. Right. The only thing I'd say that I disliked about it was, you know, being cramped. You know, everything is close. Right. You know, some people's approaches run off onto the track. And everything else like that but yeah no uh, it's it's
0: it's fun though um was it my other question was how is the the training there you know do they have uh like a fitness room they have coaches that do that for you or your your coach is still designing your workouts how does that roll out
1: yes yeah, so um, so on Mondays and Thursdays we jump and then on Tuesdays we have our running workouts and then Wednesday,
0: Wednesday is recovery day, and then Friday is
1: like you know meat prep. Right. So that's kind of how our like week schedule goes. But our coaches do design our workouts. Um, mine is mine is a little different because uh, I'm a runner too. Sort of. Um, I've gotten into running this year a lot more than last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's been that's been a bit of a challenge, but. Not so, smart.
0: are you still running the? What else are you doing then? You're high jumping and, uh, 400 hurdling. 400 hurdler. Wow. Now that, in my personal opinion, I think the 400 hurdles has got to be one of the hardest things. When I watch it, I'm just amazed. Uh, you know, I see good hurdlers. You know, first of all, hurdling for anybody that is watching it and doesn't understand it, it's there's nothing easy about hurdling. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's tough. the taller someone gets, it might be a little bit easier for the taller runner, but maybe not. And then, you know, you get someone running, a, you know, a quality quarter mile in, yeah. you know, 47, 48, and you're just running over her. I'm just, it mind boggles me when, every time I watch. And I love watching 400-meter runners when they're striding because you see yeah. that that high cycling pattern that I'm always trying to coach, you know, my jumpers into getting, which is like, Hey, get your feet up to watch. I'll, I'll always give the example. I'm like, watch the high hurdlers. Do you ever watch the high hurdlers? They're like, no, I'm like, well, you know, try not to be tunnel vision when the meat's going on. And when you see them running by try to copy that. Cause it was like that beautiful yeah. high flowing cycling, you know, it's like, get your center mass up. So um yeah, that's, I, I can see where that, that comes in for my money. I always say, well, you know, for, Anything over 100 meters for a high jumper is overtraining, but uh, your speed endurance has to be off the charts <laughs> in that particular case, right? Because you're yeah. definitely overtrained for being a high jumper as far as your running stuff goes. And then um, what kind of uh, lifting do they have you doing there?
1: Um, so we lift on – oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention this, but we also lift on um, Tuesdays and Thursdays so we will do we'll do jerks uh squat front squat back squat um lunges um core of course um bench not too much of bench though um you know just the you know just the basic lifts um we do rows as well right yeah and you know it changes up every week
0: so now are you lifting heavier at the start of the week and lighter at the end? Like what 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 kind of sets and reps?
1: Yeah, usually early in the week, um we go at about 70% towards our max, and then towards the end, it's about 50 to 25.
0: So. And you and go faster, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Shorter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Typical, um, solid planning, like you said. Um any uh just as a point of interest um are your coaches doing any um movement from uh, patterns where you start with two legs and end up with one where you're doing like any one-legged squats or one-legged you know hand cleans or anything like that
1: um no not necessarily but we do um, box jumps uh, so like lateral box jumps uh, broad jumps you know things like that that we alternate legs with but other than that, no, we don't really have any one
0: last list, right? Okay, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, when you say lateral, do you mean jumping away from the the plane of the bar? Kind of jumps, like uh,
1: kind of, yeah. And then like, or will like like stand next to the box and then jump on top of it? Yeah, like laterally. If that makes sense.
0: No, no, absolutely. That's it, something yeah. that I've uh, I've been I'm sure that I didn't think of it. I like to think that I thought of it first, but I'm sure somebody else (laughs) thought of it. But it's like, I, for the longest time, you know, was, I was telling a a lot of my athletes, you know, for 30 years of coaching, it did not occur to me. I really was always working on, you know, takeoff mechanics with either one arm, both arms, mostly double armors, because I was a double armor, but, you know, had someone who was a single armor, I could kind of work with a little bit. I've never had anybody that does a pure Fosbury, the reverse Arm action, you know, so that was pretty simple. Knee drive for everybody, in my opinion, is you know up and across, where you're wasting your time with it, and um, you know, so I, I went through all that, and I, but I I remember thinking so, somebody cued me, and I I believe it was Doug Nordquist's coach, um, Jim Kiefer, who I I hope to have as a guest uh, very soon. Um, he coached Doug, you know, Doug jumped seven eight and a qu- three quarters, you know, went to the Olympics in eighty four. Um, he's Jim Kiefer is a great jump coach and he mentioned something about pushing back or, or resisting the curve with the takeoff leg. And I remember thinking, huh, I go, you know, I've been spending all this time on the mechanics of what the arms are doing in relation to the standard. Like, are we going inside of it? You know, all that, the knee, yeah. were real important. And I never, for all these years, I always thought, you know, my left leg just goes and pushes straight up, you know, because, All it does is extend, you know, as hard as it can. And I'm like, wow, I never really thought. So I started incorporating some box jumps where you, you know, when you jump down from the box, jump backwards and up. And I remember thinking, Mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting because I'm now I'm fighting the pull. I call it the black hole in the middle of the pit. You know, that it just pulls you across. The faster you run at it, the more is going sideways. You know, I'm like, we need to generate a lot of force going the other way. So that's where, you know, both back, because you got that heel, toe, heel, toe, we're kind of leaning back and to the left, right? So I'm like, well, that's part of it. And then I started thinking, hey, wait a minute, what about, you know, pushing back to the left? Yeah. Right? So I've actually just started incorporating some of that, you know, this year. And yeah, that something... makes so much sense. <sighs> go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, I said, that makes so much sense. Right? I mean, and, but I'm sitting here going 30 years, right? Like <laughs> for 30 years, I've, I've been working on three limbs. I'm like, okay, way to miss, you know, the most obvious one, the one you're pushing off the ground with. So, you know, I've, I've been, I've watched just a few and mostly from soccer type stuff. You know, I haven't seen anything too outrageous on boxes yet. A couple guys that have jumped like over a box, you know, side to side. And the first stuff that I saw laterally was like my right leg, pushing to the left. And I'm like, that doesn't do me any good. I think it's, I mean, not that it doesn't do me any good. It's just not exactly what I'm thinking of. So I'm like, I want to go lean the body over on the same angle as that leg and push to the left, you know, off of the left leg, which is much more awkward also. And, but I, I just think it's, it's got to become, you know, a part of what I'm doing. So I like hearing that when I hear that, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm not crazy. There's gotta be, <laughs> there's a part, you know, a part in there for that. Um, so is there any other uh aspects of your training? I'm here I'm like trying to steal secrets. Um <laughs> first of all, you know, oh the other thing we didn't talk about um body types and uh and idols. So what are your your dimensions? I couldn't tell. You you tall. Great, uh, what do you got? Yes,
1: yeah, so you know, a tall, slim
0: guy, six three and one thirty-seven. 137. Wow. Oh. I'm so envious. Now, I I was 6'3" 180 in high school and I thought I was thin and everybody else thought I was thin. And then when I got to UCLA, both Dell Davis and Lee Balkin told me that I was the fattest high jumper on the squad and they were trying to get me to lose weight, you know. And I'm like cuz Dell was like 6'2" and like 160 or something like that. And Lee Balkan was 6'4", I don't know, 150. I, I might be doing him a disservice. He might have been heavier than that, but I don't think so. And Lee Balkan was one of the first guys that I ever watched that routinely would convert straight up. Like he always hit vertical. On his worst days, he hit vertical. So I remember it, it just took me a while to learn because I studied kinesiology and I, I was really into biomechanics. So I was like, okay, when I see myself, I'm like, I'm past vertical, you know, all the time. I'm like, why, why, yeah. you know, because in the weight room I could jump higher, touch higher on the vertex than both of them off two legs off one leg. And, you know, it didn't mean anything because Dell jumped seven, seven and Lee jumped seven, six. And, you know, my career best was seven, three. So I'm like, Hey, you got all this power, but I couldn't come off the ground the same way. And it wasn't until later that I w- realized, Oh, heaviness, you know, again, I you know, went up to 6'3", 195 by the time I jumped 222. And so I was carrying a lot of extra weight up there and I, and I paid the price for it. I had to lift, you know, pretty heavy, you know, to get that high. I think my my squat max was 400, which, you know, for a lot of people, that's no big deal. But for me, that was like almost twice what I did in high school. And, yeah. you know, I had to put on a lot of power, but I remember thinking maybe I wouldn't have had to do that much if I'd have been a little lighter, you know, but... I only had like 3% body fat. So it wasn't like I was, you know, uh, a fat high jumper. Don't see a lot of fat high jumpers. Six three, one thirty seven. Man, you're like barsheen kind of fan. Like he's yeah. supposed to be like 6'4", 140 or something like that, right? So that's awesome. So your shins, anything, anything ever bug you being that light? <laughs> like, oh, I don't man. think mine were always a problem because of the weight. Yeah, I mean, I have tendinitis
1: currently. Um, I've had it for a year now, so it's kind of a regular thing at this point. But, yeah. I mean, other than that, not really.
0: Yeah. Um, just just an aside, um, uh, this is part of both my professional business and coaching careers. I have just been following and, excuse me, implementing. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the knees over toes guy. I'm going to tell him that I'm advertising for him on my podcast. (laughs) Say the knees over toes guy on Instagram, look him up. It's spelled just the way it sounds. Um, He does a lot of uh, stuff where he'll show you exercises to strengthen tibialis anterior for shin splints. He talks about bulletproofing your ankles, your shins, your knees, your hamstrings, you know, different exercises. And uh, you know, it's all, stuff that you know can be done at the end of the workout you know that kind of thing like i didn't i i saw the first time on their uh a tibialis bar you put both feet in it like your um I, I can't picture the get the name of the piece of the apparatus in my head but it looks like a weight like a plate right like a say a 25 pound plate and then yeah. they're both sticking up and something like this And you put your feet under it right and just start cranking your oh, yeah, 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 that kind of thing they call it tib tib bar i don't know and, um, so there's, there's some other things like that. And, uh, but it's, those are the things that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always really cognizant of cause I have, you know, the COVID year really wreaked havoc on the the kids from Vanguard and they, they didn't get a chance to lift, you know, and then we went right into jumping. And so everybody's shins are sore and killing them, you know, and I'm like, man, we gotta, we gotta get these things, you know, bulletproofed like the knees over toes guy. Um, What about uh, ice baths? Are you doing that at all to help with the tendonitis?
1: Ice baths? No, but I do a lot of heat um, for that and ultrasound. I usually get treatment um, every other day since we only jump on Mondays and uh, Thursdays.
0: Okay. wow. So um, now while you're there, we're skipping an important part of the uh, student athlete, like yourself, what your life is. What is it that you're studying while you're there? Uh,
1: well, yeah, so my major is digital marketing. Um, you know, I honestly chose that major uh, as a default um, just because I feel like, you know, with marketing, you can kind of you know, do whatever. You know, there's a lot of things that are marketing. And uh, I mean, I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's pretty cool. I've gotten tons of certificates um, to make my own ads, my own websites, and things like that, so... Cool. Yeah, so
0: cool. and you, you see a, a great uh job market there? Is it something that you're just gonna use to promote yourself on a, a venture or is there something that you're thinking about, you know, going to work for somebody else or I know I'm obviously talking out of the top of my head, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um
1: so a little I mean a little bit of both. Um of course I wanna put myself out there. Um, but if you know if I could be like maybe a social media manager for a professional team or you know just something like that uh, that'd be pretty good but other than that it's kind of just in the air right now yeah um, you know, I've been exploring my options so
0: all right, I like it a man with a plan yeah i was I just did everything when I was at ucla to getting a kinesiology degree i was i had no uh, I was really a bad example for you young jumpers out there. I was, I was thinking about, you know, I wanted to go to the Olympics. So I was trying to, you know, make those trial years and, you know, trying to find coaches and trainers and, you know, doing the whole thing. And I didn't really do anything with my education. I, when I first graduated, I just kept training and, you know, working as a, uh, a coach. Hey, can you hang on just one second? I'm going to answer this call. This is Randall coming in. Hey, you good. Hello, Mr. Cunningham. Good. How are you doing? Awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you called me back. Yeah. Hey, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's a good time for us to uh, to get together and do the podcast. What's what's good for you? Um, it just depends
2: how much time you need because, like,
1: I'm, I just got a lot going
0: on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, generally about an hour. Um, I've been right now uh, doing – usually when I get home from practice, you know, on my end is more close to 6.30 or 7. So yeah. it's, you know, a quick hour from 7 to 8 maybe, or else we'd have yeah. to try to su- find something on a weekend. Yeah, I'm going to have
2: to put that one off. Brother. I, I don't really have –
0: I'm a pastor. So, it's right. like, I'm always counseling people. Yeah. And then, besides that, coaching, I have three teams. I have a youth team, I have a high school team, and I have pros. And then, with traveling, it's hard to do a lot of interviews. I mean, right. I can give you, like, you know, 15 minutes, you know, a half an hour or something. Okay. Like that, but, it just takes,
2: my day, it seems like it just goes so fast, man.
0: Oh, yeah. I bet. Well, if, if that's the time frame we have to work with, we'd love to have you on, so... Uh, yeah. If it's a you know fifteen or twenty, we, you could just yeah. say that's all I got and I'm out, and yeah. right. <laughs> we'll sign off, and I mean, that'd be it's great. Like,
2: yeah, and I don't know if you could do it right now because right now I have
0: time. You know, I'm like a spur of the moment type of guy. Right, it's like every, everything is like a spur of the moment. You know? I hear you. Well, I'm actually actually right in the middle of a podcast with a young jumper from Midland University, so you're oh, kind man. of you're kind of on the podcast because I. I didn't even stop recording I just picked oh, okay. up, I picked up the phone. <laughs> all right. Well, let so, me know if you have time because all I'm well, doing is picking up food right now. and I'm getting ready to go home. My wife will be home in about a half an hour and I'll hand her her nice dinner from PF Chang's. Awesome. Well, um, let me do this. I'm going to, I will send you my Zoom call link and uh, you can just call in and we'll get okay, you I'm out later. Okay. 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 All right. Perfect. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. I, how crazy is that? I just I just met uh, Mr. Cunningham, you know, Randall Cunningham, his daughter, Bashti, was jumping at Mount Sac this last weekend. Yeah. So let's let's get him in here. We'll both talk to him. This would be awesome. Um, how am I going to do that? I got to copy my link that I gave you. All right. So give us a second. We're working with a technical idiot on this side. So we <laughs> my Instagram gonna shut that off. And then I've got Shannon right here and I sent this to him. So I'm just going to hit it and copy it. Copy. There we go. So I'm gonna find him, Randall Cunningham. It's nice enough to call us back. Very generous man. Uh, busy. Like he said, I think he's a pastor in, um, he's in, uh, Las Vegas. So, uh, Just getting a call back was was awesome. Uh, Let me see. Contacts, so slow. Real dinosaur here, Rand. Okay, so I'm gonna go send message, paste,
1: bam. All right, and call whenever. Join whenever, say join. Oh, dude,
0: what are the odds? You're ready. Okay, thank you for your patience, Shannon. <laughs> join whenever oh, you're ready. <laughs> right, I mean, this is one of those opportunities I'm like, hey, let's all talk. That's kind of what, like, talk radio, right? So, sports talk radio. All right, join whenever you're ready and send. All right, so, uh, not so rudely interrupted. I, I didn't know that that he would uh, have a minute to call back, so that was great. Um, where do we leave off again? We were talking about something before Rambo called. Um.
1: I in,
0: remember. in a couple minutes right um i know we were talking about training and uh some of the different things that were going on oh we started talking about your degree and what you're going to do with yeah. it so uh and you were you were talking about the fact that you were going to both use it to promote yourself personally and then you might apply it to you know uh working being for a,
1: and, yeah being a social media manager for
0: right, right.
1: just for anyone really
0: Right. Awesome. So what's the the plan then for you're going to graduate here eventually? Um, How long do you see yourself continuing to compete and, you know, try to make these Olympic teams? You got 2024 coming up, possibly 2028, maybe. Yeah. Um.
1: haven't thought that far ahead yet. Um, But, yeah, I'll definitely keep training. Um, I feel like I'll miss it too much if I don't. And
0: um, yeah, I mean, I—it's kind of hard, right? Somebody I put you on the spot. I gave it all my shots until I got to be about twenty-eight, and I figured I—I I didn't think I was going to get any higher, or I didn't, you know, I'd been trying for a while. So I was twenty-two when I jumped two twenty-two. And I never I never got any higher after that. So it was like I I trained, I started coaching, you know, and I had a couple minor successes along the way, but I never got yeah. to the same level. So it was like, okay, then eventually life takes over, right? So I was like, all right, I got to get a job. I got to get a real job and, uh, you know, pursue that. End. So, um, all right, well, we've got you penciled in for the 2024 U.S. Olympic trials. Um, because you only have to get another quarter inch in there somewhere to get the B standard unless it yeah. up. Um, and then we're looking forward to meet in the South Alabama shores. Is that what you said, yeah,
1: yeah, Gulf Shores.
0: Gulf Shores, I've never been. Um, have you ever been to Alabama?
1: I have. I was there last year. That's where Outdoor Nationals were. Oh, they have it they, have
0: it. they have it the same venue. every I see. I didn't even know that. Okay. How was it? Just out of curiosity.
1: Uh, it was hot.
0: Yeah. It was. Uh, it was a great meet, though. You know,
1: Um, I love jumping in heat, so I mean, it was no big deal for me.
0: So that was like being home in Texas. Was it that kind of hot and humid?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was great.
0: So that's teammate.
1: My teammate complained about it because he's from Nebraska, so right, it, it get very hot here
0: right, I get that um i was uh I was telling I don't know if I've told the story in the podcast but i I was talking with somebody recently, and I said there's something about the hot humid like I was the same way. Oh, we're gonna admit Mr. Cunningham in all right, let's see. I'm just gonna let him in, and there he is. I see him connecting to audio.
1: I think he said he might be in his car, so
0: and he is figuring out his mute all right Randall Cunningham is calling in uh so I'm currently talking with Shannon Reitzel from Midland University and when Randall is ready he can join in anytime he's saying it says he's muted yeah I'm seeing muted also so I didn't know if, if he wants to to join in unmuted there you go unmuted now you're unmuted all right. All right. How y'all doing? Hey, we're doing well. Sure. Thank you, Randall. All right. Okay. I'm
2: sitting here at uh, P.F. Chang's, and uh, so the guy's going to come out and say, "Hey, here's your food."
0: <laughs> right.
2: Nice. But I wanted to take a minute to to talk with you guys. So that's great. Right. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us. It's uh, that's awesome. I want to introduce you to Shandon Reitzel from Midland University, in uh, hey, Firmont, Shannon. Fremont, Nebraska. He's a seventeen and a quarter jumper. Ooh uh, already won one year. So he's going back to number one ranked jumper this year and he's got some big dreams. So, and then, uh, you called up as we were, we're kind of rolling down there. So, um, I, I'm totally flustered. I wasn't ready for you, but, um, I was, uh, I was (laughs) on a little bit of the story about, you know, seeing your, your daughter jump, you know, this last weekend at Mount Sac and, uh, I've already, you know, I took yeah. the opportunity to film everything that she did. And I, I've had a couple of oh, people cool. asking me, you know, <laughs> about their troubles jumping. And I said, look, I said, I don't expect you to be her, but try to run like this. <laughs> like I've doing <sitting> on the video. <laughs> running technique is so pristine. I mean, the high knee angles and the, the feet, you know, glutes, heels to glutes, and just amazing. So I'm like, I, you know, I hope I don't discourage them by going. I expect you to be like this. <laughs> but I do hold, like yeah. to hold up those uh, those ideals. Yeah,
2: you know, so, uh, that's a uh, that's a uh, really awesome for you to even say that because I tell you what, we put a lot of hard work and dedication into working and trying to become the best. Uh, not the best, but you know, there's an opportunity when you when you understand the importance of focus and determination and and you're willing to learn from other people uh and in my daughter she she listens to me which I'm just grateful for
0: <laughs> right yeah that's not you know, yeah. with a father <clears throat> you know daughter son relationship in coaching right
2: right yeah it takes a little time
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah well now tell us a little bit about your background we, we all know about the football but uh not not many people knew that you'd been a, a high jumper in high school
2: Yeah. Um, You know, I started high school in the junior high. There happened to be a a pit at Santa Barbara Junior High and Santa Barbara High School. And uh, I just liked I was just hyperactive. So I just went out there. I started jumping. And the next thing you know, whatever competitions we were in, I was at the top. And, you know, I think I was jumping probably five feet, five two, five six in middle school and middle school. Middle school went to ninth grade. And then when I got into high school there was uh, Charlie Bolton and he was a better jumper than me, so I, I learned a little bit from him, but <clears throat> I didn't understand anything about weight training and you know, just right. plyometrics and things like that. So but I was self taught. I did not have a coach, so I had to really learn on the curve. Yeah. And I had to set the set the pits up. We had what's called a cloud nine. I don't, I don't know, you might be a little too young for the cloud nine, it was a blow up, it it was a fan that blew it up and okay. you had to land in the middle of, you hadn't landed in the middle of the pit. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, like it, a parachute. Yeah. yeah, it was a parachute material. Uh, I wasn't in sawdust and things like that. But finally, the uh, UCS pits or whatever they were, they came out, and we only had a a uh, a pole vault pit. So I would put the stands by the pole vault pit, and I would jump off the grass. Right. And and so I just fell in love with it. And I ended up jumping 6'10", and then they measured the bar and said, well, it's only at 6'9". I said, well, I jumped 6'10", because that's what it was <laughs> You know, t- I jumped. Well <laughs> yeah, I'm t- And so that was my experience with jumping. Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't able to jump in college because UNLV didn't have a men's track team. So I okay. uh, went into the NFL and did my thing and came back, and the next thing you know, my kids are growing up, and there's a pit, and they jump, and I'm going like, okay, well, I know about high jump. Yeah. So what I did was I took my weight training from high school and in the pros. And then I studied a lot of Russian, Eastern Bloc, East German, just what they do, like how they manipulate their bodies and the importance of rest. And then I incorporated, uh, basically nutrition and rest and a serious deep determination. So yeah. the training that we have is not, um, it's it's different it's Mm -hmm. not like everyone else a lot of people know we do not jump a lot we don't pound our body and uh a lot of it is really just focus and a lot of inner strength
0: yeah okay um I was noticing I've used your your daughter's jumps in a couple ways not just the high cycling action on the run which is like I said I was lucky enough to train with Brian Stanton when he was jumping Mm. for, for real Elias out at uh both at Long Beach City and then after for both of us when we were done competing at our big schools. But he was a 7 8 jumper and he made the Olympic yeah. team in 88, right? And he had that yeah. really high knee action with the high cycling. And so <laughs> I love that. But I can't find any film of Brian, right? Because oh, we're, yeah. we're just too old. So there's, there's ah. so, so little out there. You know, I was competing yeah. back in 86 in college. So um, right. I can't find anything of his. And I, I have it in my head. I remember how it looked. And so when I see examples, like I said, I just, I copy them, I stick them in folders, whatever, you know, off of Instagram. And then the other thing I've noticed is her, what I call a slide step, that fast, short takeoff step, you know, where the, the ultimate, yeah, the, the old, all the other things are high cycling, high cycling. Like I watched your daughter's yeah. foot as it comes around, it goes all the way to her glute every time and up off the ground, boom. But that mm-hmm. the takeoff step, that one doesn't cycle all the way. Like I showed everybody, I go that one. Wow. That one only gets about halfway up before you mm-hmm. hit it back on the ground and yeah. get vertical. And she's got a just phenomenal slide step. I love, it. I love it.
2: You know, the penultimate is very important, but uh, we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, you know, because see, <clears throat> and and, I, and I don't, I'm sure you'll understand this, but Vashti is only 24 years old. Right. She, this is her seventh year as a professional athlete. Yeah. And it's like the first third has gone by fast and she has adjusted. And one of the things that a lot of people don't get is like the wind. And so we've been in a lot of wind lately where we've had crosswinds and backwinds. And so we've had to move her back. Yeah. Two, three, four steps because her speed isn't increased so much under the training that she's getting to the bar so fast that I've actually had to slow her down. And yeah. so we're kind of in the middle of should we get back to fast or can we just stay where we're at and just use a little more technique? And I think it's both. We got to use more technique, but we got to get back to speed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Everything's. I I keep telling everybody this. No matter what the event is in track and field right now. It's dominated by speed. And that was yes. after watching Brian Krauser, you know, throwing. Oh, my gosh. Ian Krauser, sorry, at the the Olympics on the spin with the shot. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's, like six, mm-hmm. he's got these long levers and they're moving so fast when he goes. Yes. Third. You know, I'm yeah. I was so impressed with the speed. And obviously, the disc works the same way. You know, yep. Duplantis, Duplantis in the pole vault is one of the fastest oh my God. You know, vaulters anybody's ever seen. So it's It's
2: relentless. He's relentless. And, and, and I was, you know, Darrell Hill is another shot putter and he was down there at Mount sack and Mm -hmm. I believe he won. And it's like, he's gotten back to that speed, you know, and, and as big as those guys are, it's, I mean, Armando as a pole vaulter, it's, it's one thing to see him, you know, he's got the perfect body, you know, he's got the, the abs, you know, galore where he's got so much power in his core that he's going to be able to pull up really hard, you know? Yeah. But um to see the big guys doing it, it's it's, it's amazing. That yeah. speed.
0: Yeah. Speed speeds everything. I mean, the the guy that won the decathlon from Canada, you know, he breaks the, the hundred meter decathlon record, but it's like yeah. I mean, it was fast. It was fast. Yeah. Speed, and then yeah. you know, we watched all his events and he was PRing all over the place, the pole vault, his long jump mm-hmm. and everything. I'm just going, dude, speed rules, you know, right yeah. now. It you is, know.
2: yeah. It's important. So and if you look at a lot of the jumpers right now, um, whether it's Mahuchik, uh, Latiskenia, Mutaz, Mutaz went through a period as a as a male jumper <clears throat> where he it seemed like he slowed down and, and he was not jumping as high. Now right. he's he's rolling back in there and uh Tamberti from, from from Italy. I mean you see these guys in there and it's like it's almost like dangerous the way they come in there you know
0: yeah absolutely yeah we're talking um with shannon rutzel also and Randall cunningham here on raise the bar the uh sky high and fly jump camps podcast um what do you what do you feel about that shannon about the speed aspect because he shannon's a 400 meter hurdler also oh
1: <laughs> yeah so um yeah, it's been a big part of uh, my success so far. Um, you know, almost every time you know I mess up a jump, it's always a speed problem, mm-hmm. almost always. And then you know I've watched guys like um, Barsheen, uh, Brandon Stark, um, even a little bit of Derek Druin. You know, mm-hmm. kind of just trying to add those things to my approach, right? To the jumper, and uh, it's helped a lot.
0: Yeah. So. Derek Derek Drown in the 2016 Olympics was amazing. I remember watching yeah. that because oh my god, neither, yeah, neither Bondarenko nor Barsheim were, I think, at their healthiest, but right. nobody expected him to win. And he, he just, I never saw him miss, first of all. And then I'd never seen how fast he just seemed like he was, like you said, just he was flying in there so fast. And then he's hitting his takeoff and then he would flip around. I mean, he was almost landing on his hands and feet like a cat, you know, and that's after yep. seven, nine, and three quarters. I'm like, I've never seen rotation like that, even on a lower bar, you know. So it was like, then that was five years ago, you know. So and then, like you said, Barshim, the the body type and the speed are outrageous. Bondarenko six eight, right? And runs a big like, guy. he runs like an animal. Is he
2: is he that big? Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, tall. I saw I saw I saw I saw him at the uh, in Doha Qatar mm-hmm. and I, I don't think he's that tall I think he's no. probably six four maybe six five tops I
0: thought he was six eight I'm thinking of cause like, I'm Lindenburg.
2: yeah because I'm six I'm six four and a half and I know that he was the same height as me maybe a teeny bit higher yeah, okay. I, yeah I thought and he and he didn't jump that was the craziest thing I couldn't believe it didn't
0: jump right yeah in, I, uh, World he's always, yeah he's always a little I don't know necessarily frail, but always yeah. seems like there's something there's something bugging here and there.
2: You, you um, know, I was uh, I know uh, uh, Druin's coach, great coach, and uh, when when you look at Druin, you see this tall, decathlete looking guy, right? and you're yeah. thinking, man, and then you see him run, and he's so smooth, but then you look at his calves, and they're like watermelons. Yeah. So he's got these strong calves like Muta's yeah. And it's like, when he takes off, he takes off with such ease and he just flips his body over and walks <laughs> off the mat with a little excitement. And I'm like, I mean, come on, man. Can you make that look a little harder? <laughs> you know, Absolutely. come on, Druin.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, it's amazing. You bring that up to you. I've just started working out my, my training plan for what I would call the auxiliaries, which are, you know, you've got your squats and your lunges and your, cleans and everybody's got their different power lifts they like you know from snatches to jerks to whatever but then you know you mentioned core which is a big part and then you know for me the hip flexors for the knee up and across the glutes for the back side of that but you just mentioned the calves and I think you know for the high jumpers the calves and the tibialis anterior both you know to keep that lower leg strong so you don't get the shin splints but also that explosive, you know, what's the last part off the ground, you know, right through that big toe. Right. And then both the the gastroc and the soleus. So, you know, Mm -hmm. those. I think there's a a lot of times, you know, my brain always goes too complex, but um, I, I like to make sure that I'm trying to mix in those things. Like you mentioned certain things like Brian Stanton was the same way. I've never seen anybody with a bigger, he looked like he, in my mind, I thought he was like 220 pounds. He was 6'5", uh-huh. had wide shoulders, tiny waist, had huge quads, you know, mostly from the side. When you saw him from the side, his quads looked like Earl Campbell quads. But then his calves were just the most awesome calves I've ever seen, you know. And it's yeah. like, he was perfectly proportioned. I, every time i jump with him, I'm like, I hate this guy. I want to be this guy so bad, you know. He was just like... <laughs> the tall easy cycling like you said he he jumped seven, seven when when year when I was at UCLA at the UCLA Pepsi meet and just glided over it's so nice and easy you know it was like i never heard him stomp the ground you know as everything was always just like a cat you know coming off the ground so well what else we i i did mention i got to talk with randall a little bit at the um the mount sac meet and you were mentioning something about um Bashti's schedule so uh, can you go over that one? You, it was crazy. You were talking about the next eight weeks or something and I've never heard of yeah. it. Yeah. Well,
2: so she had uh, Mount sack. I think it was last week. Time goes by so quick and she's off this week, but we, we got back to training. We shook out on Monday. Uh, we do a circuit weight training circuit. And then we get back to our normal training <clears throat> this week. She's off Saturday. We might jump on Saturday. Uh, maybe about four jumps or something like that. Just, you know, something that just allows her to go through the emotion, but we've got some back to back to back track meets where we're going to go to Drake relays and, uh, get it in there. It's going to be about 60, 60 degrees. That'll be good. Get to, uh, give you a fist pump. And, uh, so she'll go there and we'll jump at about, I don't know, 1230, I think. I'm not sure. Then we'll go home. She'll go to, uh, I guess, California, Capistrano Valley, mm-hmm. and rest. And then we'll go to Prefontaine. And then pre- Prefontaine, we're supposed to go directly to Rabat, Africa. Wow. Come back, we could we could stop in New York, but we've only got a couple of weeks until U.S. Outdoors. And the cool thing about U.S. Outdoors is I don't think they have a qualifying round this year. So no. it looks like we're going straight to finals. Wow. Um, which, of course, that makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that we're doing – because she's going to have some back to back to back is uh <clears throat> we got to go to mount sac again we're going to start uh looking at uh, just trying to keep uh you know her her oxygen levels right make sure she's she's getting enough rest make sure her body is uh, recovering right uh because of the back to back to back
0: right yeah that's that's difficult um what <clears throat> just out of curiosity robot africa like that that's a huge trip, right? It's not a short deal to get over yeah. there. And then, is there anything you have to do like yeah. as far as, I mean, I know there's malaria and different things in Africa, right? I mean, what, what is that going to entail? Like uh, on the medical front, is there any kind of, you know,
2: Well, it's a, it's, well, it's a beautiful place. First of all, it's uh, like right there by Morocco. So mm-hmm. it's the, The western edge up there right underneath italy and all of that so it's right right there before you get i don't even know if they consider it europe but it's right there on the tip of africa um but yeah it's gonna it's it's kind of like a lot of times nowadays you have to do certain meets because of points and so uh, lord willing vashti goes in the nike prefontaine jumps 2.0 that would be great um but we have to go and get a diamond league in to make the diamond league finals which is after the world championships. So we take that trip and uh, it's a, it's a turnaround, you know, you got to get there. So she'll probably leave from Oregon and go straight to Rabat. Yeah. So she'll probably fly to New York and then fly to Africa and sit there and, you know, hopefully the body recovers. Yeah. (laughs) Things are, things are ready to go, but then we got to come back right again. And there's a, there's a meet in New York and we're going to, hopefully we'll be able to pass up on that one and uh just get back home
0: yeah wow that's that's uh the blessing and the curse right as you get more famous and get got to travel around all these great places but it's it's hard on you so uh, i like the way that you're mentioning the the importance of the rest and all that stuff you know i think times as jumpers i'm sure you know, we've all been through there, you jumping six ten in high school, you know, the shin splints to this and that. And it, I think the part that we've missed sometimes is it's jumping is fun. So that's one of the things, I mean, jumping over yeah. stuff is always fun. And it's always hard. <laughs> the kids are like, come on, we want to jump. And I'm like, you can't jump every day. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not, it's not no. good. Today. Your shins, your knees, everything's going to give out, you know, it's like, but they want to, because they're young and you're like, "Yeah, trust me, it, it It's not going to work. You can't jump every day.
2: We're, you know, we're blessed because uh, Vastra has a Nike contract. So Nike uh, has allowed us to design her shoes. So she has um, shoes that are um, designed according to her foot. And there's a foot mold that she was in and scanned her foot. And so her shoe fits are perfect. Right. And. You know, and, and then we're able to, I mean, she 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 gets excited about it because, you know, they just made her a new shoe and they always make her new shoes. She normally jumps with brand new shoes. She right. likes having a brand new shoe. And so it kind of allows her to feel the spring in the shoe and to, to feel good about, you know, you look good, you play good. Right. And so that's something that's cool. And recently, <clears throat> just as of yesterday, they have redesigned and given her a whole new wardrobe. Wow. Like she doesn't have a normal kit. Like you give a kit and when you see it at Nike pre Fontaine, it's going to blow people's minds. Yeah. You know, it's kind of in, it's kind of in the form of what they were doing with uh, um, Lolo Jones and uh, 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 Cursey and different people where, Flojo, I'm sorry, Flojo, where she has this freedom to have one leg and one leg out. They're, they're allowing Vashta to do so many same things, which Nike is, is very creative and it allows the athlete to really get to the point where they might be going through something and it's like this extra joy comes. Uh-huh. So they're like, oh, they care about me. And it's like, you got this new world and you go out and you feel good about yourself. So that's kind of where she's at. Yeah. And so it allows all of those other things to go off to the side and she can go with joy when she's performing rather than have to worry about, I'm beat up, I'm tired. You know, I didn't jump enough. My body didn't recover. Uh, You know, it's, so it's like Nike's doing good things and Red Bull's doing good things with her and she's happy. And that's where I think uh, a lot of the athletes need that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, this is awesome getting to hear this side of it because there's so many, so many jumpers, you know, obviously aspiring to get to the level that your daughter's at and to, you know, reap some of those, the benefits, not just, you know, the glory, obviously, or the, you know, the, the monetary stuff, but it's like, you know, just hearing that, I was thinking, first of all, when you said about the shoes, I'm, I'm, my brain is just like, okay, so how engineered can we get? Like, can they actually, can she get tilted to the left? (laughs) Like, do they?
2: Oh, Yes. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, w- when they scanned her foot, the thing we did was we took the Nike high, the Zoom High Jump 3. Mm-hmm. And she went 199 in high school with that when she had just turned 18 years old. And I said, can we just look at the shoe and just instead of creating a brand new shoe for her, let's start cutting this shoe down. Right. Let's take all of the unnecessary things off of it. Let's change the fabric can we put a waterproof fabric that's lighter? Can we make the tongue of her shoe more comfortable? Can we make her heel more comfortable? Um, can we um, use a fabric that's lighter? Can we take her her strap instead of it being a thick leather strap? Let's make it a, a different strap.
1: Right. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. And so you don't need to do that at all. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I lost you for a saying oh, no, he just lost the uh, the video back. I'll be right back. No worries. Oh, how awesome is that. So my yes.
2: daughter's my daughter's calling me right now. And All she's right. in Texas with Texas Tech. So I'm gonna have to let y'all go and uh, until the next time.
0: Well, Mr. Randall Cunningham, we are blessed to have you on the show with us, sir. Thank you for for uh so graciously spending your time with us. And uh yeah, God, and also- good,
2: good luck to you, my friend, as you as you continue jumping see you at drake for sure awesome yeah it's gonna be pretty awesome all right okay all right thanks for your time you know what hold on a second yep okay good deal you be
0: blessed all right bye bye how awesome was that that was sick (laughs) i'm so stoked right now that was great um yeah so yeah the the building of the shoe man that's another thing i i think uh I was just in the dinosaur era. Like I had we just didn't have great shoes back when I was jumping. And in, in the 80s, they were still selling shoes in one shoe. So you'd get a high jump shoe a lot of times and then you'd have to get another shoe to go with it. And then um yeah. when they did start making the really nice pairs, you just couldn't find those normally. Like uh I had a, a young guy, I, I wish I I'm gonna look for him now because this name is coming up. And anybody listening to the podcast, if you know how to get a hold of Matt Page. He was uh, competing, I believe he was an ASICS athlete because he gave me a pair of ASICS shoes. And I told him I didn't have any shoes, he was like, here, I've got an older pair. And I jumped in those until they broke like a week before nc 2 as my senior year. And they were great shoes, right? And then all of a sudden I'm in these Adidas that had kind of slick bottoms. I did not like those shoes. It was like right at the end of my senior year when I was going to Pac-12s or Pac-10s then, and nc2as i had to switch shoes and i did not like those other shoes so i'm just like i'm hearing the shoe stuff i'm like oh man you can design your own shoe and and we didn't even get into that tilting to the left thing i'm like ah man i was born in the wrong era
1: that's that's wild
0: yeah right and then you will already have yourself an introduction now so you can go talk with uh randall and and vashti at uh drake relays it's in des moines right is that des moines iowa Yep. that's one of the few that i actually know of the the big meets that aren't out here on the west coast so i know yeah. those are a big deal so uh awesome man i gotta i gotta start making it to some of these places well i've already kept you longer than we planned for um <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. right that that was awesome um Shannon, I want to thank you again for your time. Uh, I'd I'd be stoked to uh, have you on that list of people that, you know, to talk to again in the future, Uh, see how you're doing, you know, see how the meets are going. Um, You know, anytime you uh, jump something outrageously high or win a big meet, please send me the video so that I can, you know, do some uh, promoting for you on this end. Um, But uh, yeah. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. I'm I'm just I'm so stoked for you. I can't wait to meet you in person at the uh, NBA Finals this year. And uh, you got any any final thoughts out there for our younger jumpers that want to be you? <laughs> uh,
1: don't give up. Bad days, but there are a lot of bad days ahead of you. Um, me personally, I've had I've probably had more bad days than good days. But um no success wouldn't be success without
0: losses. So all right. Never give up. Persevere, keep working, absolutely. Better days around the corner. All right, sir. Um, God bless you. Keep working hard and keep reaping reaping the benefits of that working hard. And uh we're we're hoping and praying for seven, three and a half. 222, so you can both break your school record and win the NAIs. Sound like a plan? Sounds
1: like a wonderful plan.
0: All right, sir. And uh, we will therefore end this episode. This is um, Troy Haynes for Sky High and Flight Jump Camp's podcast. We call it Raise the Bar. Our guest tonight was Shannon Reitzel. Um, We talked to this young man for a while all about his exploits at Midland University um, and he's got some big meets coming up. And then we were really crazily blessed to get uh, uh, rudely interrupted by Randall Cunningham. So uh, that was great. We got to talk with Randall about uh, his daughter Vashti and her training and uh, just all kinds of great stuff. So i um, looking forward to see uh, and advertise this so everybody can get to listen. <laughs> all right, sir. Real pleasure, Shannon. Greatest of luck to you. Okay. We'll talk soon. See you. All right. Thanks.
1: Yep. Take care.